Hey guys, welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day, as always. Uh, just wanted to let you guys know some Seek Outside related things. Um, if you guys are um, looking to get your gear, uh, tents, backpacks, whatever, before your hunt, um, place those orders as soon as possible. If you got something coming on October, I would definitely suggest placing it now. Um, you know, we've just we've been getting pounded with orders which is good but it's also been backing us you know backing us up a little bit just because we do make everything right here in grand junction so just wanted to let you guys know that give you a fair warning uh if you got something coming up in november i would place it now um especially with shipping how it is right now uh you know it's it's never as trustworthy as it used to be so just place those orders now and uh, we'll do our best to get you your stuff by the time that you need it. Right on. So uh, one other thing, uh, I'm going to be starting, uh, I think we're going to be doing a new podcast installment uh, that is called Geek Outside and I think it's just, we're just going to be posting a couple um, more gear specific quick hitting podcasts, you know, some pack dumps, um, like some audio versions of pack dumps you know, some, some quick gear reviews. I think we're going to be doing that on Fridays. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do it every Friday or every other Friday. Still have not decided yet, but make sure you stay tuned for that. So, um, all right, guys, enjoy this podcast with Jordan Rigsby. He uh, played in the NFL. He played at Cal Berkeley. He was an offensive lineman, um, and then he eventually ended up becoming a full-blown hunter, and he started a well i shouldn't say he he and some other uh folks started the hunt in common which is basically a uh an organization for new hunters to go and get information meet mentors um you know basically a a resource for getting out there and not feeling like a dummy the first time that you go out learning from the from the people that have been doing it for a while so Hope you guys enjoy this podcast with Jordan Rigsby. Have a good one. Welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. Hey, you, should, you think that's bad? See Ryan on the phone in the office. <laughs> Right on, man. Well, I'm I'm super excited for this one, man. This is uh this is kind of a special podcast episode. I feel like uh, my relationship to you guys, you know, in the hunting com- hunting common, and, and you yourself, Jordan, is uh it was kind of like my first uh, foray into the outdoor industry, right? It was uh, my first, you know, yeah, gathering or my first situation yeah. meeting other people that are in the, yeah. in the space so I'm, I'm excited for this but we got jordan rigsby um ex nfl player ex carolina panther just overall badass bow hunter uh new newer to the hunting space uh than a lot of folks but uh he is one of the chairs uh well actually i'm gonna stop you just introduce introduce yourself <laughs> you can do it better than me yeah no right right and um yeah, my name's my name's Jordan Rigsby. Um, like Ryan said, kind of getting started here. We know each other. We've been on a few hunts together. Um, I'm from Northern California. We'll start off where I'm from originally. So I'm from Northern California, a small town called Chico, California. Um, grew up there. there. That's like a big hunting community, but I actually like didn't grow up doing a lot of hunting. Um, I grew up kind of in the sports world. So my dad was a college local college football coach. Uh, Butte College up there. My mom was a, a sixth grade teacher. Spent a lot of our time on AAU basketball, a lot of football. That's pretty much what I what I grew up playing. Um, still went out to the coast every year. Went camping a lot. You know, my mom was from Oregon, so she's like really outdoorsy and kind of like got my love for the outdoors going. Got me making fires and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and just yeah, just kind of went through life, uh, not really understanding kind of the joys of hunting and all that stuff. Wasn't until later on, um, you know, I went through high school, got a full ride scholarship to UC Berkeley, uh, you know, of all places, not somewhere you would think to go and develop uh, into a hunter, but I was able to major in anthropology there and studied all about like our early Native Americans and a lot of their hunting practices and all of that kind of stuff that goes into 
everything from early human Neanderthals hunting mammoths all the way to you know the late late Native Americans on horseback in the Great Plains and stuff like that. And so I think that's kind of where some of my early stuff with my mom making fires really sparked with hunting for the first time was studying about it in college. But still, but still, you know, I didn't really hunt, do any of that stuff quite yet. I think I went on, I got my hunter safety done in college, just kind of randomly one weekend with some buddies, went out maybe one time. Continued to play football. Um, like, like you said, ended up getting picked up by the Carolina Panthers. Go up there, just have an awesome experience. Um, cut short a little bit, tore, ended up tearing my ACL twice out there, um, once with the Panthers, once with the Titans. And so we're, we're hunting really like inserted my life full on was, was right after football ended. So I had this whole life kind of building up to one thing, you know, putting in all the training hours, watching film, really dedicated. And then when all that kind of ends, you're kind of left with a void in a lot of ways. Um, so you start to work, you do these things, but nothing's really, you know, ticking like it used to for you. So that's where I was lucky enough to have a few friends up from where I was from in Northern California in Chico. Uh, you know, reach out to me. Let's go duck hunting. You know, that's kind of, well, you know, Ryan, that's, that's what I like to do. And that's really where Northern California is, uh, is known for, you know, we have tons of rice fields up there. We're right on the Pacific flyway. It's one of the best flyways, you know, it, where our area is inclusive Chico area is kind of one of the best, best places on that flyway. And so I was able to get out there with some buddies and man, it just set me on fire. So I remember like we're out there at Lake Almanor. It's like an early opening season. I've never really done anything for duck hunting. Me and my boys were out there at 2 a.m. We're, we're throwing, you know, duck decoys. It's on a PG&E lake. That's kind of a reservoir. The whole thing is perfect duck habitat. It's about knee deep. And I could just remember being out there with those guys at 2.30, 3 in the morning, freezing cold, setting decoys. And it was just, it lit me on fire. It was like opening kickoff, right? You're just getting fired up. You hear things start fl fluttering in the corners and like, we just ended up having a great day. You know, I mean, for me, anyway, great day. There was probably four of us. I mean, we we're probably four or five birds away from a four-man limit, but just crushing them and just shooting shotgun shells, having a, having a freaking blast. And it really just lit me on fire that that was, that was going to be my kind of my next thing that I was going to, that I wanted to do. And so, you know, that, that kind of triculated on and, and I kept hunting and that's kind of like what you were talking about. We got into the hunt common stuff. So, it, you know, it's been a, it's been a cool journey and you know, I don't know, you know, I'm sure we want to talk about a lot of it. Um, oh yeah. But that's kind of where I've, how I got into hunting, you know, originally. Nice man. Yeah. And we'll get into, into all that stuff. Um, I kind of want to just touch on the, the NFL thing. Right. Um, so yeah. I could imagine that there are not many, uh hunters in the nfl world right because it it correlates perfectly i mean it's like literally as soon as football starts hunting season starts but and i know you weren't super into it uh when you were you know sitting in the locker rooms but did you hear many did you hear have any of your uh, o-line buddies that were talking about oh man i went out this spring and and shot some turkeys or or was it just nothing no no nfl players were really thinking about it no, no, I, I would say a lot of NFL guys really? are into it. Um, so, so it's it's interesting because it's like you said. The, I never was against hunting, but football season is in the heart of hunting season. So, a lot of guys growing up, if you're playing sports, your mind just isn't on hunting. It's not. It's not that you're anti. You don't want to. It's just not an option for you because you have games on Sundays and Saturdays. That's all your free time. Especially in college, you're playing college football. You have no time for anything. You know, much you barely go out time to have a beer with your friends or take a girl on a date, much less go hunting. But when you get in the NFL, you guys start having a little more time. And you have a little more time. You're not in school anymore. You're more of, you know, your whole life is around football season and that's it. You got to train. And a lot of these guys for the first time have some money. So a lot of our guys were just getting into hunting for the first time, which was hilarious. So I was on, I just happened to be on the North Carolina Panthers. That's where I got picked up. Ron Rivera was a Cal Football Hall of Famer. He he signed me as an undrafted free agent. So obviously North Carolina is kind of whitetail country. So we had tons of guys on our team. Um, you know, people people would know, people people wouldn't know. You know, one of our guys, his name was Colin. He was at free safety, and like he would have all these guys in Southern California who would just hook him up with sweet whitetail stands. 
So then and he hunted his whole life. But he would get a bunch of the other linebackers and stuff like that down there in South Carolina hunting whitetails every year. So that was, and I mean, I would say a good amount of our team went and did that. And so I had other friends from Cal go to other teams from all over the place. The guy went to the Broncos, a couple guys, you know, went to the Cardinals and, you know, all over the place. And so I would say a lot more of the NFL guys than you think get out there and get after it because a lot of them, it's their first time in their life that they have some time. And they have some money to go out there and kind of do some of those things. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it was awesome seeing no, that. No, that's for sure. cool. Well, and I, I, you know, it's not to, it's not apples to apples, right? But the comparison, I feel like, is is pretty similar, right? I mean, like, like, and I did not play college football. I didn't play NFL. I can imagine <laughs> high school football is nothing compared to that. But you know, in high school football, you're like, you're you're kind of prep preparing all week for this one day yep. right this this one which is yep. basically hunting you're you're basically preparing all week or or all year in some uh, instances for you know it could be 30 45 minutes you know opening morning or whatever and it's like you know it's a giant adrenaline rush you know running out of the just in in high school football run it you know you you run out of the out of the banner and you're you're sitting there uh, during the national anthem and that's like that's an adrenaline rush first opening kickoff you know um so i feel like there's a lot of parallels between uh you know football and hunting oh, there, there's a tremendous amount of parallels you know like like the real you know some people compare like football in the military that's a comparison you can't make right but hunting and football you can absolutely make that comparison it's there's a ton of the same things it's all the same adrenaline the, the getting things done like if you're a gearhead man like i happen to be a gearhead i think that comes from football too like you're getting your helmet you're getting all your stuff together you're packing up your bow you got you know butterflies in your stomach the night before a big hunt same as a big game and then like that's why i personally that's why i think duck hunting was so appealing to me you know as i get into further hunting and bow hunting like it's it, it gets a little more solo and a little bit more smaller groups but man like when you're duck hunting you get out there five six guys and it's like team oh, event yeah. you know you're out there pre-dog figuring it out and it, and it does it really feels like you got the camaraderie those are all the things you miss like even a lot of football guys that played as long as i did a lot of them are like when they're done they're almost ready yeah. to be done like you've been playing for six you're six years old you're now in your 30s you've had multiple surgeries a lot of guys are ready to be done but nobody's ready to lose the camaraderie that you have from going through something hard with other people every single day yeah. And so when you go duck hunting, even though it's not the same, you're getting up at 2.30 in the morning. It's cold. It's not fun. You're out there with your buddies doing this crazy shit, excuse my language, to, to get like a common goal done. And that's that's the comparison that I felt. And that's where like it got me fired up and it kind of filled that void of of that similar thing that I had been, that I had been yeah. missing. Well, and speaking of, you know, just doing thing, doing something hard, I mean, that was uh, – so basically we had – barely met each other before we went on our first hunt together. Um, you know, we met each other through the hunt in common <clears throat> and a bunch of us, you know, who were just crazy about hunting. We're like, let's, let's do a trip. We ended up doing it here in Colorado. And, um, you know, the, the thing that I noticed about you, uh, first and foremost was you were crazy enough to, to follow me down. <laughs> all you, all you people that hadn't been at altitude, you know, growing up at, you know, 2000 feet, you guys were crazy enough to, to follow me down into that, into that Canyon. Uh, and it was almost like, you know, you could, I could tell that you had that, like, uh, you were applying the mentality of like when you did nineties in football for conditioning, it was yeah. just like that, that get through it and you kind of almost get giddy from it. So I, th I think it set you up to be, you know, to be at least a good hiker. I don't know about, about a good hunter, but a good <laughs> hiker for sure. Um, no, dude, absolutely. Dude, the, the mentality of it absolutely helps. And it just, uh, it just helps to really just have been there before you've been somewhere where mentally it's super hard and you're getting yeah. through it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we were crazy enough to follow you, but you're also our fearless leader because you're the only one in the group with any experience. <laughs> so it was nice to have that. And, and, you know, know that at least someone knew what they were yeah. doing, right? Hey, give it a couple of years. You guys are going to surpass me. I just had the, <laughs> had the, the grace of, uh, being raised with it. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, man, um, super stoked to have you on. Uh, I want to get into the hunt in common. Um, so basically when this podcast is going to be released, it is going to be September. 
which is, yep. you know, BHA is kind of celebrating uh, public land yep. um, awareness month, if, if you will, or just public man- land celebration month. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, public lands day is on September 24th. So if you're not doing anything, at least go out and enjoy you know, the, the millions of acres that you own as an American citizen. Um, but kind of is a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so the hunt in common, um, as I said, a little backstory, um, a bunch of us, it's the funniest thing, man. It's the funniest thing, how it happened. Um, and, and I'm stoked that you guys, you know, took the reins and are, are making it a realistic thing because so many, so many of those internet, you know, like so many ideas just in general that, you know, they get to the, to the planning phase and, you know, you're drinking a couple beers or whatever and you're like, oh yeah, that'd be, that'd be great, man. Like to, to have this, this place where new hunters can, can come and find a mentor and it's like this super inclusive, like hunting community. But to put that into a, an actual nonprofit, there's so much work that goes into it. So why don't you just give us uh, a little of the backstory of the hunt in common? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. For, for sure, man. So what I guess I'll start with is just very briefly kind of describing what it is that we are. And then I'll kind of go into the backstory and try to fill in, fill in some of the gaps that way. So, you know, at, at its base, the hunt in common is a is a hunting mentorship nonprofit organization. It kind of our whole mission, and when we when you boil it all down, it's it's really simple. It's we're creating lasting, you know, relationships and community in the outdoors through mentorship and hunting. And and that's kind of where it starts, right? And a lot that's a big thing in the hunting industry. You know, we, it's something that I think we all know that we need with hunting numbers. And that's kind of where this organization started. So let's kind of go. Let's kind of go back now. Our, uh, our founding member and our chairman of the board is Ben O'Brien, and he was running the Hunting Collective podcast for a long time. He now runs the Woodside podcast, which is fantastic. And when he was on the Hunting Collective podcast, it was something that me and you and all of us listened to that, that were a part of this. And it started out with one guy, um, Juan Carlos, and he needed you know some help. And he reached out, you know, like all these podcasts, you can email in. And he emailed in, kind of asking for some help. He was a, he was a new guy. He wanted to get into it. I believe he was in the Blue Ridge Mountain, North Carolina area. And Ben, you know, he got his podcast. He started talking about this. And he was, you know, floored away with how much how much response he got. You know, and there's people from all over the place offering to bring this guy out and teach him the ropes and, you know, help him understand private land versus public land. Kind of all the major things that, that everyone deals with today, especially these people who are, who are new and trying to get into hunting. Then kind of comes this idea of like the the emergent hunter or adult onset hunting, a lot of people call it, with this kind of whole wave of people, which which I am included of, um, who didn't hunt growing up. You didn't have a dad or an uncle who taught you to hunt, and, and you're for whatever reason, whether it's Joe Rogan or the meat eater or whatever, you're you're trying to get into it now at 25, 30, whatever after college. So I, you know, I think all of that kind of sparked up and been one day on his podcast. You know, said, I would love to be able to have this opportunity like we had for Juan Carlos, where a guy who needs help, doesn't know where to start. It can be overwhelming, um, as anyone may know that's trying to get into a new thing and get that person some help. So basically, it started out as kind of a joke on the podcast. He said, reach out if anyone's got this thing. And, you know, I ended up sending an email saying, you know, because I'm from California, I would love to help. You know, I I was it was really hard for me to figure it out. And luckily, I had my two hunting member mentors who are, you know, Brad Gillespie and Zach Galbraith, who taught me how to duck hunt and the story that I just told. And like, if I didn't have that, I don't know that I ever would have gotten into it. And it's such a big part of my life. And so I wanted to, you know, my initial instinct was to send this guy an email who I've never met and see if I could help in any way. And for what I understand is a bunch of people did that. And we ended up with, you know, covering most of the states and getting at least a couple guys in a bunch of regions around the country. And, you know, you know, then what? I remember, you know, our first Zoom, we all got on a Zoom. I think there was like 46 of us on this Zoom and everyone's talking over each other. Everyone's excited, different things. It was just, it was, you know, how do we make this come together and become, you know, a reality? And so that was around March of 2021 when that, when those emails went out and that, that first Zoom call happened, right? And so kind of since then, 
we've been working um, to, to refine that and make it as, as good as it could be and find out if it even is going to be anything. Kind of like you said, a lot of uh, a lot of Facebook organizations or a lot of good ideas are, are there, but it's hard to kind of get those through fruition and, and get through some of the things that need to happen for that to be a reality. And so really, you know, we had a couple guys um, step up to the plate. You know, we have John Stelflew out of Wisconsin, who's our, you know, our president. Like I said, Ben O'Brien is our chairman. He's kind of our leader behind this whole thing. Um, Luke Reeves, another guy in Nebraska, who's our vice president. We have Nuri Hong in L.A. You know, we have all these guys. We have me in Northern California. And it's, it's just this eclectic group of people, um, including, you know, mentors and chapter leaders for every state. You and Riley in Colorado, I can name, you know, I can continue on forever. But basically, we were able to find this, this cool group of people who were able to put this together. It started out on Facebook. And at the end of the day, we, you know, we started getting people mentored hunting. That's where it started. We started, we got, our whole goal is like, screw it, being real. We did, let's just see if we can get a couple people out in the woods and see what happens. And, you know, we were able to do that on a bunch of different fronts. You know, I was able to take, you know, Nuri Hong, um, and he's now a friend of mine. He's my co-California leader. He's from LA. You know, he's a guy. I was able to take him out to my duck blind, teach him, you know, horrible day, sunny, all these bad things, but got to, you know, harvest the duck and go cook it and have this awesome experience that may not have happened had it not been for our program. Um, you know, like you said, Ryan, we all went out to Colorado and you talk about, you know, Ryan says this whole group of people from Colorado have never, never met each other. People are probably wondering how the hell did that happen? And it, and it happened kind of through this organic process that kind of is the hunt common, which is a guy from Nebraska, a guy from California, a guy from Ohio, a guy from Arizona, all being interested in something that two guys in Colorado have been doing their whole lives. And we were lucky enough that those guys were, you know, willing to to bring us out and, and, and help us experience some of that. And I think, you know, in the hunting industry, in the hunting world, that's not always easy to find. I think there's a lot of it that goes that's, you know, rightfully so goes with spots and, you know, people work so hard for things. It's, it's a hard thing at times to find help in. And I think that's kind of the beauty of what we're doing is it allows anyone to come in at any level and, and, and get something positive out of it. So it could be anywhere from the guy like me, who's 28, 29, who's never hunted a day in their life who's got a good job and he's like, man, I'll go buy all the gear and tags today, but I have no idea what to do to the guy. Maybe, you know, who's been doing his whole life, loves it with all his heart and just, you know, wants to, wants to show someone how amazing it is. And you can put those two people together in the same region and it's magic, right? It happens very organically and very naturally. And that's, you know, that's kind of the real bare bones of, of what we're doing. And it, and it, it is, it's, it's really cool. And, I think it has like lots more to give than even that, right? So, so we're launching, like you talked about, we're kind of just getting going. We've been going at it about a year. So this, uh, so like you said, this podcast goes in September, but on um, August 24th, it will be our launch of our website. And so anyone that wants to can go to the huntcommon.org and you'll be able to get on our website. It'll have kind of what our mission is, what we're about. It'll have tons of things about different success stories, but the main heart of it is you'll be able to put in your name. And, you know, right now, originally, right off the bat, we're only launching California and Wisconsin. Those are two kind of best run main ones that we're going to roll with. But there's Facebook pages and there's, there's all 50 states, like I think, except for maybe Hawaii and Alaska, um, you know, have regional pages that we can that we can hook you up with and help you find. And the goal would be to be that eventually all 50 states, you'll be able to go to our page You'll be able to put in your name and someone's going to email you that's that's willing to help, that wants to help you figure it out, that wants to help you find someone else that's going to, you know, help at least, you know, get that learning curve down. Yeah. Because, you, you know, Ryan, like, and there's tons of big things in the hunting industry right now that are for hunting mentorship. There's tons of range mm -hmm. days and there's tons of, you know, let me get out there for a weekend and teach you tune your bow. And those are fantastic. Like, awesome. But that doesn't always help someone go from A to Z, right? And so I, I think what differs the hunt common is the idea of this is to get a guy who's going to be with you for six months. A guy who you're going to be able to text, you know, the night before your hunt and three months before your hunt and be like, hey, 
I'm looking at whatever, this hat or this arrow shaft or this whatever, or this duck load, or what do you think about this decoy? And someone that's just going to be able to walk you through that and hopefully, you know, end up being a friend of yours by the end of it. That's kind of the idea of the hunting community and, and strengthening it is, is, you know, forming those bonds. So, yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. awesome, man. And, um, hunting is such a, it's an interesting thing, right? Because the, the gamut or, or the, the, the spectrum of hunting and its difficulty and its styles is, you know, almost, I mean, you really think about it, there's been all these different hunting styles that have been developed around the world, right? Obviously, it's not that complex now, but, you know, you could, it, it varies from, you know, going out on a on a morning duck hunt uh, at a duck club in California to going on a fly-in caribou hunt in, in Alaska, right? And like the the skill set or the the know-how that's that person going up to Alaska is gonna is gonna have and provide is gonna be so much different from that that duck hunter right I mean it and uh you know not saying that somebody can't start with their fr- first hunt in in Alaska going up to to do caribou hunt but you probably shouldn't do that if you've if you know, if you have minimal knowledge, right? Like if, if you, uh, but if you're going with a mentor or, or somebody that is, you know, has done it before, it it can make that your first hunt or it could be the, the duck hunt. Right. So, so there's all these different varieties of, of hunting. And I think, uh, what you brought up that was one of the key points is six, that, that time frame, right? Like going on one hunt is, I mean, it, yeah, you'll learn some stuff, but it's not gonna it's not gonna get you anywhere close to where you need to be to be able to go out the next season and do it yourself, right? I mean, you can do it. People have done it before, but the the thing about hunting is is like like you and I are, right? We're gearheads, right? But and and some people aren't, you know. Some people, uh, you know, go to go to you know Cabela's and just get the the, the basic stuff, right? And that's okay. But there are specific pieces of gear that you absolutely need to go on uh, a, a hunt. And, um, you know, if like that's one of the intricacies, there's there's so many different intricacies that you can get into with hunting. So I'm I'm glad that the hunt in common is is not just doing one hunt in a year. It's it's going to be like a six month program like a training program, like the Bowflex, it's almost like a, a, a Bowflex six-month training program. Right. So I'm I'm super stoked that that was, you know, the direction that this thing took. Yeah, and, and it kind of goes to what you just said um, with the how, like, you have this big umbrella of hunting, but then you have all these different, different hunting and different animals, and they all are so different. They require different physical levels. They require different, you know, gear levels, all of that. So the idea of the hunt common that's really cool is, yeah, you might end up getting a mentor for elk hunting in Colorado, and that might be really cool for you. But the idea is to have this community that comes together. So so it's kind of like you talked about, right? So you taught me how to go elk hunting in Colorado for the first time with a bow, and I was a mentee and you were a mentor, right? But that doesn't mean that next year you might not come out and be a mentee in California hunting ducks with me as a mentor. And that's kind of the beauty of it. Just because you know you have tons of knowledge or no knowledge doesn't mean you can't be both mentor and mentee in different aspects of this community. And I think that's I think that's a really cool part of it. And I think that's really gonna allow people to really go do different things that maybe wouldn't have had an opportunity to. And it's like you said, is is you know, is Alaska caribou on the North Slope probably your best first hunt maybe not but some guys you know they're so fired up about that and that's what they heard on a podcast maybe on rogan that first got them into it and they don't care that's what i want to go do well then hell man that's awesome let's go help you do that you're right like let's not just tell you don't go do that you can't do it let's try to help you go do that right and maybe that helping you do that means i make you go rabbit hunting with me six months before that so I can tell if you can walk around the woods or not. But all of that's going to be leading up to your ultimate goal, which is to go do this cool thing. And and my goal is to help you find someone that can go do that, right? And and I really, I really think it's different. I really think it's a cool thing because 
you know, and like you said, I mean, there's there's gear, there's all kinds of issues. You know, there's money issues that help hard to get into. So if you're going to get into duck hunting, you might want to know that you like duck hunting before you go buy 500 decoys or whatever you're going to do or, or three dozen decoys or whatever. Uh, the, so. the cool thing that I've seen is just, uh, you know, I, I, I got to admit, like, I'm not I'm not as into it as as I was at the start. You know, I, I got the job at Seek Outside and that kind of kind of consumed me. Uh, but the thing that that was really dope about it um, was that we saw all these all these hunting trips spawn, right? I mean, you'd be on these pages, and it was like, okay, these guys in in North Carolina just went on this uh, you know turkey hunt, and then it was like, you know, you know, obviously we did the hunt that we did, and uh, to me, the the fact is. Um, you really can't know somebody until you spend five nights in the woods with them. That's like, that's going to, that's going to expose them for, for who they are and not like in a bad way. It's just going to, it, it kind of, it puts everything in the forefront. It, it tests you. And so honestly, if, if you think about it, it's kind of one of the best ways to try to meet friends is just <laughs> jumping uh, in uh, the deep end. One, 100% man. And that's, that's where it goes back to, to strengthening the community through mentorship in the outdoors. And it also goes back to doing hard things together. I mean, anyone that's been in that people want to make comparisons on football and the military. And I always tell them not to. The only thing you could say is you go through hard things together and you become closer. And the harder the thing is, the closer you're going to become. So whatever level you're at, whether it's you know, walk into a duck blind or it's, you know, hiking 15 miles in Colorado, you're going to be, you're going to know those people better than you ever would have uh, watching TV or drinking a beer with them at a bar. That is, that is a 100% fact. Oh, for sure. So, so if you guys uh, in, you know, getting, getting serious with this thing, uh, have you guys got any opposition from the folks that are, you know, oh, we already have enough hunters. Uh, why are you why are you going ahead with this R3 thing? Have you experienced any of that? So I'm going to say yes and no. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure there are some people that have jumped on one of our pages and said something like that. Um, but for the most part, you know, we're not going to concern ourselves with those people because while, while I understand their concern, you know, I'm not asking them to, to take someone out and give me their spot at all. I'm trying to find the kind of person that is just wanting to help someone to have the experience that they've experienced. And I think everyone's hunting journey is different. And I think if you're a guy and, and you don't like that and you wish there's less hunters out there, you have every right to think that. And you probably work your tail off to find the spots that you found. And that's you know, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not asking that guy to give up his spot. You know, you could come in and be a mentor and never even take someone to your spot. You could come in, you could be a mentor, you could take someone to the range and you could teach them how to look at OnX and look at different spots. And just, it doesn't have to be anything to do with your spot or how you do it. It doesn't have to be any of that. And so I guess there are people that are always going to not like what you're doing. There are going to be some people that say that you shouldn't have more hunters out there. But I would argue that the type of hunters that we're bringing in are guys that are really good for the industry. They're guys that are really passionate about it. In my experience so far, uh, guys and girls. I mean, we have, that's the other thing. We have tons of women uh, that are there joining our ranks that maybe have felt uncomfortable before. You know, maybe, you know, I think it's hard at times. I've been told for these women, it's hard to get in a group of guys and maybe whatever, their girlfriends don't want them to go with you because of whatever reasons. We've had groups of women to get together. We got three girls going on a turkey hunt together. One of them's a stud turkey hunter. The other two have never been hunting in their lives. And, you know, she's got them dialed in with shotguns and all this stuff. And so to the person who said there's too many hunters in the world, I tell them it's not harming you in the elk woods that these two gals are turkey hunting in California and having this awesome experience that they never would have had. That That's what I would say to that person. Oh, for sure. And the thing is, I mean, if you have more responsible hunters, more hunters that are, are invested in conservation, you're teaching them about the, you know, the, the how blessed we are to have all this public land here in North America and all this wildlife. I mean, that's, that's really, to me, that's like the, the best thing about America that is probably also the most underappreciated thing in America, right? We, we have it so much better than so many other places in the world there. Um, but, but the thing is, if you can have more hunters that appreciate that and that are respectful, that are not, you know, just going out there and ripping with their ATV on, on roads that are closed or, um, 
um, you know, going out there and, and just shooting shit and leaving it, letting it die and, 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 or shooting something and not knowing how to process it and just leaving it because they, they don't know how to get the meat out of it. We're, we're going to be in a much better spot, right? It, because that will, that will, um, for sure lead to more places for us to hunt. You know, it leads to, it, it creates that demand there for, for more public access places. Um, you know, like the map land act that was just passed. Uh, you know, a lot of that stuff is a result of, of active hunters getting out there, hitting up the congressman being like, Hey, we need to have all this, all this freaking all these, uh, uh, public land easements. We need to have these digitized so I can see them. And, and, you know, there's so many examples of that. So I I'm, I'm with you, but it, it's funny though, because, you know, if I, you know, when I'm going out to my spots, if I, if I like last year, when I went, uh, duck hunting to my spot, right. I brought my dad, I brought my buddy Lee, we went out there and, but it, which I brought three people, right. But I go out there and I see three other trucks there in the parking lot. I'm like, man, Ah, oh, this sucks, man. There's just so many more hunters here, you know. Yeah, da 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 da. So it's 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 kind of like a it's my own hypocrisy for sure. But I, I think as a hunter, you got to look past that and see that uh, you know this wildlife and this this public land that we have is only going to exist as long as it has value. So that that's one of the big things about the hunting common for me. If you can just raise hunters that are that are invested in that ethic, we're going to be good. We're going to be good for years. Yep. So. It, it, it absolutely, Ryan. And it's funny you say that. On the, on the same way, I have a duck hunting spot that I've showed a few friends and I get frustrated. There's too many people there. It's a natural, it's a natural being. Uh, but at the end of the day, having more people that, that are, are acting and hunting like you is going to be better than having people who are out there that don't know what they're doing and are doing, you know, things in everyone's going to do things differently. There really is no right and wrong way to do it. I would say if it's legal and you're doing it that way, I'm okay, okay with it. But you're absolutely right. In, in the hunt common, there is actually some parts of it that have some literature. So there are like the the North American model is kind of like what we call our our imperfect but moral guide. Um, and you know anyone that that wants to be a mentee will probably get a copy of that from their mentor or at least talk about that in depth. You know, there's a couple other principles. You know, we talk about it's they're also going to be taught about you know maintaining your environment. And like, no matter what you're hunting, it should always be to improve your environment, not take away. Uh, you know, a lot of people anti-hunting and stuff always talk about how everyone's taking, taking, taking. You know, as a real hunter, we feel like if you're really doing it right, you're always giving back, even by taking. You know, you're you're doing multiple other things in terms of of habitat, duck stamps, all these other different things um, that that give to the environment. That's something we want to preach as well. You know, and then just making sure, like you said, that everything's. Everything's taken with a purpose and everything's eaten. And that's another really cool part about the hunt con is it's going to go all the way through cooking your food, man. You know, like I, I took it again. I talk about duck hunting a lot because that's the only thing that I know. Everything else I'm trying to learn. Right. But I had a mentee that I took out named Greg this year. We were able to shoot a couple teal. And, you know, I brought them all the way back to my house in Sacramento. We plucked those ducks together. Um, you know, and then he FaceTimed me with him and his girlfriend in the kitchen and they were cooking duck and talking about searing it and what temperature it could go to. And I was telling them, you know, don't, don't go too much. It's going to get this and this if it goes over 130. And it's just, that's a cool part of it that, that I don't think really exists anywhere else. That's, you yeah. know, it's going to, like I said, hopefully a guy that after six months ends up being your buddy or, or someone at least that, you know, well, that maybe, maybe that, maybe I need to go find a different guy who fits that guy's personality better, but either way, everyone's going to be, you know, more positive from the situation. Oh, for sure. You you should uh, just here in Colorado. I mean, if you ever get into, um, you know, uh, I'm sure one of these one of these days there will be an official Colorado chapter up on the website. But you guys should talk to Adam Gall uh, from Timber to Table. Uh, he's a, yep. he's an awesome guy. Uh, he's a guide out here. But uh, that's kind of one of the things that he does. That's that's very different. You know, he's super involved yeah. with BHA, but his his wife is actually a uh, uh, she was like a professional chef. Um, and okay. and she kind of specialized in meat preparation. Right. So cool. so what they do is they they take people on on these hunts. They, uh, you know, bring the game back to the to, to the lodge there and they process it, which is a big thing. Right. I mean, you got to like in order to get the m- most and the best out of that meat 
there there is kind of a science to the to the meat preparation and then they also go and, and cook meals so it's a super cool like all-inclusive thing but that's that's all aside from obviously the hunting common that's the yeah. only other place that i've that i've heard of that um but you you guys should definitely get in contact with him he'd be i'm sure he would be down adam gall i'll text him and another thing another thing i want to mention i know i kind of mentioned earlier that our official site that's going live is with California and Wisconsin, but we still have all the other states. Um, if anyone goes on Facebook right now and types in the Hunt Common and then their their state, all of those states are available, including Colorado. Riley's Riley's banging away at Colorado still. So even if there's even if those aren't as perfect as we want them to be, and they're not in our official state, we're still monitoring those. We're still having people you know look at those and help out. And you know the goal is like I said each month. Each, as we go to eventually get all those states up at you know at that at that level that we feel comfortable you know go go national with or however you want to say it right but you know they're still rolling and I you know I would encourage anyone doesn't matter where you're at any animal or any state that you're interested in you know go check out that page and that's the beauty of it even if you live in Nebraska and you're curious about something in Wyoming or whatever jump on that page and see what's going on. That's kind of, I think as this thing evolves, I think that's going to be really the beauty of it um, for people that maybe aren't first time hunters, but are maybe guys who are specialized in one thing and want to go try another thing. I think that's going to be a really big spot for them to, to, you know, have some positive interactions in as well. Definitely. So, so what's the process going to be, uh, say somebody in California, the website's live. They want to be, either a mentor or a mentee what is the process to being you know quote unquote certified uh, with the hunt in common to be able to take people out or go on hunts absolutely so so in california right now we have a, a committee of uh, a so a leadership committee so to say so it's it's myself and nuri hong um who i talked about earlier we're kind of we were the original state leaders of california we've also brought in brad gillespie out of chico um, Andy Miller out of San Luis Obispo area, and then Chad Thomas, who's actually works with BHA and is, a, and is a wildlife biologist. He's out of Santa Barbara, but he's constantly traveling around the state preaching wildlife biology. So that's kind of our committee. Um, so the way the process will go is, and you'll see, like I said, by the time this podcast is launched, you'll be able to go to the huntcommon.org and you'll be able to sign up uh, if you'd like to. And the way the sign up will work is it'll have your name what state you're from, what state you're looking to, to go into, what game animal you're looking to, to hunt or harvest, and if you want to be a mentor or mentee. And then, obviously, we're still working a couple of things out, but if you're a mentor, you're going to, you know, we have a California mentors group. And right now, we meet every few weeks, maybe once a month or every two weeks as, as needed with that group. And me and Nuri, I think that right now, there's about 20, 24 mentors in California that are real dedicated. There's probably tons more mentors that you know we could find on an individual basis, but I have these 20 or so who are who are on calls with us every month, excited and bringing up new ideas. So if you want to be a mentor, we obviously we're gonna have much more mentees than mentors, right? So if you want to be a mentor, you're gonna come in, you're gonna come into our mentors group, you're gonna meet me and Nuri, you're gonna be able to talk to their mentors, you're gonna be able to discuss with us kind of what that looks like, what you know, all the things that you're looking for, and then if you want, so that's kind of mentor. And then once you're a mentor, we're going to help find you, you know, mentees to, to work with. Um, and that's probably going to be not as many people. Like I said, the vast majority of people we expect to be mentees looking, looking for help. So if you're a mentee, you're going to go on. It's going to be a similar process. You're going to say, you know, I'm Ryan Tapina from Colorado. I want to go to California. I want to hunt block, block tail or whatever it is. And you'll go into a queue of sorts. And then, you'll get an email or a direct message um, probably from me and Nuri. Originally, it's going to be a welcome message. Hey, happy to have you. And and it's going to, and then eventually, you know, you'll probably get an email setting you up with your mentor. And some of that, like I said, is still being worked out. Um, I think that we've, we've already had last year. Like I said, we've, we've kind of been live since March of 2021, even though we're launching our official website, we've, we've had mentors and mentees in the field and so you'll get your you'll get your mentee or your mentor email you, and it's kind of an org right now. It's a very organic relationship like that. So you might get an email or like a DM from a guy like, "Hey, I'm Jordan. I'm you know I'm, I heard you're looking at this, this, and this. Let's let's get on the phone and talk. Here's my phone number." 
And, and right now, that's that's how it's set up. It's going to be an organic. You're gonna you're gonna kind of be assigned this person. He's gonna reach out to you. And you know, really, our, our leadership committee currently is helping matchmake those people. That that process will get streamlined as we go, I'm sure. But right now, we're helping people matchmake, and we're getting those mentors to reach out to those mentees, and uh, and that's kind of the process right now. And so so far, you know, I had I had Greg, who I worked with, uh, Greg Shanks, a guy out of Central California, who I went on a couple of duck hunts with last year. Um, we were trying to get together spear fishing trip as well in the Sacramento River. That's kind of the cool thing is he's kind of my guy that I'm that I'm working with. So anything that I know, what I go do, I'm gonna hit him up and be like, hey, let's go do this together, right? So, you know, spear fishing in Sacramento River, you can spear fish for striper and carp and some invasive species. So, you know, I'm I'm trying to get him we haven't done it yet, but we're trying to figure out that now. And uh, that's kind of the whole process of how it'll work. The idea will be you'll sign on to that website, you'll put in your information as a mentee. And, you know, hopefully pretty shortly or depending on the year, the time of year that you sign up, obviously, some other factors, you know, in a week or a couple of days, someone's going to reach out to you. And uh, that's 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 how it'll start for right now. Right on, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So I kind of want to, well, not switch gears here, but um, a little redirect of Absolutely. the conversation. Um, actually, I got a couple more questions on the hunt and comment. Let me let me knock those down first. Um, so I... Um, you know, this, the past three years, I've probably taken out, well, including, including the four of you guys from out of state on the elk hunt that we went on, uh, I've probably taken out like seven new hunters. Now, most of the folks that we were on that hunt were not new hunters, but they were new to elk hunting. Right. Um, in that I've, I've learned a lot, right? I grew up hunting, I, you know, sent, I literally have pictures of me sitting under G and H, uh, decoy Magnum goose shells, uh, you know, goose hunting when I was like three years old. So it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of become a part of me. And what happens there when, when you've been doing your something for your whole life, you take certain knowledge and certain things that you do for granted. Right. Um, one of the, one of the biggest things that I've learned in, in taking people out is, especially brand new hunters. I mean, you really have to start from the ba- the most basic level, right? Like this is the way you got to make sure if you're putting a, a shotgun shell into a gun, you got to make sure that the brass is facing backwards, right? Yeah. You got to really start at that level. Um, what are, what are some things that you've kind of learned? Uh, maybe, maybe your top three things that you've learned in, in this whole process and, and taking out your, your new hunter, Brad, what, what are some of the biggest takeaways there? If, if somebody's trying to mentor somebody? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, uh, I think it's a couple things. Like you said, take nothing for granted, you know, just absolutely every little detail you need to explain to them. And don't feel like you're don't feel like you're patronizing that person. Safety's number A, number one. And if they have to hear it a hundred times, like they're five years old, that's fine. The reason you treat five year olds like that's because they've never held a shotgun. And if that person's mm-hmm. never held a shotgun, they're gonna need to be okay with with being talked to like that in a certain extent. Uh, the second thing is, what's the beauty of what I like that what we're doing is. What you teach someone, you're then going to go out with that person. So you're not just kind of da-da-da-da-da, go out on your own. You're somewhat going to be responsible with that person because, well, if something, well, not responsible. You're taking that out like a friend. No one's being paid. It's not a guide. You're not, it's not that situation. But whatever you teach this person, that's what they're going to have when they go out with you. And so it's it's going to be it's going to be you know for the mentor and the mentee a learning experience i think as you mentor more people like you said you're going to get better at mentoring people um yeah i think that when i was out with greg i had to slow down tons uh right when it was first shooting line and there's things flying everywhere and he asked you like how do you tell if it's a duck or not you need to really slow down you need to tell him okay yeah. you're not going to shoot let's unload the guns actually Let's sit here at the headlamps. Let's watch the marsh come alive. Because I obviously didn't do a great enough job if right when I was getting ready for, right? So let's, so we unload our guns, we sit down, and we start IDing ducks in the blind. And for the whole first morning, that's what we did. And then I, then we became more comfortable. Then when the day sun come up, we were able to do more things. And just as a mentor, you're going to have to learn as well uh, as a mentee. And that's, and that's why, you know, like when we went out with you to go elk hunting, for example, 
We needed, there was a ton of stuff that you have to be somewhat self-sufficient. You told us everything that we needed to get. Some of us got those things. Some of us didn't get those things. But at the end of the day, we were all looking, you know, to Ryan to help us and get us through a lot of those things, which you did a fantastic job of. And I think that, like you said, each time you go out, you're going to get a little bit better and you're going to understand a little bit more what you need to teach. And I think at the end of the day, the main advice you would give is just nothing is too simple. Nothing is like, don't be worried about, you know, am I patronizing this person? It's all good. Give them all the information. And what I would hope is that the community that we're building, the type of people that come in to learn are going to want to just soak up everything. They're going to want to know every little piece of information that you had to give as a mentor. And I would just say, you know, everything that you feel comfortable sharing, don't, don't be shy about that. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. And, you know, one of the things I've learned is it's, it's really not for everybody. I have a buddy that, uh, you know, I took out and we had a, we had a great experience with turkeys. Um, you know, had, had a, a Tom goblin at, you know, 30 yards, just going nuts. Uh, we just couldn't quite get a shot. Um, you know, for me that that's absolutely addicting. Right. Yes. But you know, he's a, he's a good buddy of mine and hasn't really showed interest since. Um, I also took out one of my other buddies uh, this past year on a turkey hunt um, to a different spot. We we went a little bit deeper. We kind of did the backcountry. We did that. That was the whole film that we did, um, and we didn't see shit. We the only turkeys we saw were were basically on a on a farm, not even close to where we were hunting. But he he is he is stoked to go out for for elk season, and he's actually we're we're probably going to be taking him with us on on our elk trip this season that's austin that i'm talking about there so but the point of that is it's it's really not for everybody i mean some people are gonna um you know and and in this case uh the one buddy that i'm talking about that hasn't showed interest interest since we were always talking about he was like oh man i really want to i really want to do it and but you know he he got to the point where he's like oh yeah i did it it was it was cool you know but it wasn't it wasn't like what what we think about it right they weren't addicted uh whereas my other buddy buddy kind of is i mean even though we didn't see anything we didn't have any crazy experiences so it's it's just interesting that uh that there's a difference there i I would say that both of those are extremely positive interactions (laughs) and this is why the first guy you know, he probably got to go out there and experience that with you. He may have borrowed a shotgun or, or borrowed some turkey or whatever. And he was able to go out there and experience that and maybe find out that's not really what I wanted before I before I bought all this equipment and bought, you know, avian axe, turkey decoys and did all this stuff. And he got to go have the experience and kind of try it on a little bit with someone that knew what they were doing in a safe environment. And like you said, probably one of the best it's going to be. And now that guy knows that he's not, maybe not what he wants to do. And then vice versa, the other guy who maybe never would have even thought to experience this gets to go experience this for the first time. Probably the same thing. Probably also borrowed a shotgun. Maybe also didn't have all the gear. But now he is so fired up about it like me and you are. He has no qualms going out and getting all that stuff because he knows it's going to be a lifelong pursuit. But I think it's hard for a lot of people to get the experience to understand how much you're going to love it. And I think it's equally important for people to go try and be like, man, that is so much harder than it looks on TV. I want no part of that. I'm going to have my beer and watch my football on Sunday, which is fantastic as well. So, So in my mind, both of those are awesome experiences for those people. Yeah, and in both cases, I mean, I, I think it's pretty impossible to to go away from an experience like that where you're where you're sitting, uh, you know, overlooking a meadow, especially in the springtime springtime man, like like turkey hunting. All the birds are getting back to chirping. You've been all you got went all winter at least here in Colorado without hearing birds chirp, and it's just everything's alive. You know, you got geese. Uh, sometimes you you're hearing elk. Um, so, but in in like both of those people, I know for a fact, took something away and value nature and public land more so than they did before that experience, yep. which is is no doubt a positive. Yep. So, yep. Uh, you know, that if that's the worst thing that you get out of it, then, uh, you know, that's a that's a good thing. The, you know, and then just one more thing I would say uh, for anybody that, you know, might be uh, taking a men- mentee out. Uh, one of the things that I learned was don't don't count it as one of your hunting days, right? 
Like, like, don't be like, oh, I'm doing my one hunt a year and I'm going to take out a, a mentee, a first time hunter, because it's just like, like, that's not how it should be. You got to be focused on that one person, right? Like, like when I'm hunting, uh, you know, I get so locked in. Sometimes I, I forget, you know, all the, if, if I have somebody else with me, I'm just like, yeah, you do, you do you, I'm, I'm going after this elk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't do that with a, with a, with a mentee, right? You got to kind of treat it as if, um, you know, it's, it's not your hunt, but in that same breath, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're having hunting days or trips for yourself so that you keep that enjoyment and, and you still get that, you know, what you're looking for out of it. So that's just, that's another piece of advice that I would give. I I think that's awesome advice. And, and I think that really the main thing is, I think there's a lot of people out there who you've experienced this thing. And it's and it's amazing on so many levels, and you and you and you can't explain it to your brother or your uncle. It's like it's not you can't articulate it. And some of these people just want to show someone else that experience, and those are the people we're looking for. And though yeah. and, and, and 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 there's a lot more of those people than you would think because it is there's people in New York City who go hunt rabbits and they just love it and they can't describe it to other people in new york city and, and i've been finding that it's people like that that are really trying to get out there and, and it's like you said i think what you said of it's not your hunt is the perfect it's the perfect thing if you got to take it as seriously as if it's your hunt because you're helping this other guy out but you're but you to an to an extent you're you're wanting to help other people and it's and it's and it's filling you with a fire equally so that of your own and that's and that's really what we're looking for and that's that's really what we found in a lot of ways which is really cool yeah so i got one more question yep um and um don't want to take up too much more of your night um but uh so being a quote-unquote uh adult onset hunter yeah which is hilarious it's a hilarious term because it sounds like some some sort of disease but I, I i love it um um I'm not sure if Ben O'Brien coined that term or what, but it's a great term. Uh, but but being that as as it is, uh, you know, somebody that's uh, picked up hunting a little bit later in life, mm-hmm. um, what would be the one piece of advice that you would tell to a new hunter um, that that you wish you knew before you started? That's a that's a good question. So I might say I might say a couple of things. Um, I would say that like. It's not always about being like you see everyone posting their their big bulls and their lemons of ducks and everything on Instagram, and like when you first start, that's not what you're gonna. That's not where you're gonna be, and just really like enjoy getting up at three in the morning with your two best friends from high school who have never duck hunted in their life and forcing them out into a marsh in the middle of the night and having it just be chaos and you go through all of that and three hours of putting out decoys to kill one duck. Enjoy, celebrate that one success as if you won the damn Super Bowl because successes in hunting are hard, man. And when you're and when you're successful, don't be mad just because you didn't kill seven ducks because you got an Instagram kill seven ducks. Be excuse my language, like be fucking proud of whatever it is that you were able to successfully do. That might be I was able to successfully hike up this mountain and look for elk and not die, and I made it down the mountain, and that is awesome. And I would just say, like, be fucking hyped. Like, if you're hyped about that, be hyped about that. Don't let some other guy on the internet make you not hyped about that because you didn't kill a big seven-point bull. Like, if you went up there and you saw a black bear with the cubs and then you saw a raccoon fighting a coyote or whatever and that fires you up, tell people that that fired you up because at the end of the day, being fired up about things is what's going to help you continue to hunt and what's going to help you be better at hunting. And when I first started, I used to get all down. I used to go deer hunting and I wouldn't kill anything and I wouldn't want to tell anyone about it. But now I have all these hilarious stories of me and my older brother trying to find water on this mountain and like almost dying together and it just being hysterical without killing any deer. But that shit is, is awesome to talk about nowadays. And, oh. and that's the stuff that you got to be excited about. And I think that sometimes people and it's and it is cool to kill big things. And when you've been hunting forever and you can test yourself and you can go out there and then be successful and kill that seven point bull, you absolutely be excited about that, no doubt. But I think it's equally as cool all these little 
these little wins that you have, whether it be, you know, like your first grouse kill that you're a part of or whatever, let yourself be excited about that because it is cool. All that shit is cool. And let yourself be excited. That's That would be my biggest takeaway, I think. Definitely, man. It's like, you know, he who falls in love with the with the journey will always arrive at the destination with more vigor that's, that's than right. than he who who just craves the destination, right? It's it's you know, it's it's if you don't like if if you don't get some sort of, you know, whether you want to call it a high or some sort of like rejuvenation from from seeing places and and possibly taking steps that no other person has 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 put their foot on earth right if you're if you're if you enjoy you know hearing birds that you don't get to hear down in the city you enjoy seeing just seeing animals in their natural habitat if you don't enjoy that i mean it's it's probably not for you because the real i mean unless you're you know, unless you're blessed enough to, to be able to hunt, uh, certain places, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to a high fence in Texas or, or if you are, you know, able to afford hunting at a ranch every single year where, you know, the, the success rate is 98% because it's just so perfectly managed. If, if you're not blessed like that, it's going to happen to where you're not going to be successful. And probably, uh, I mean, especially like big game hunting out here in Colorado, right? Right. Like the stat that's always always brought up for elk is, you know, it's like a once every seven years type of success thing. Yep. So if you're going seven years and you hate every single one of those years except for the year that you got an animal, it, you know, I mean, maybe maybe it's worth it to you, but to me that wouldn't be. For me, it's worth it to to see the shit that not many other people, especially nowadays, get to see. So absolutely, man, and it's just like. It's just like be be fired up about it. Be there at a bar with your buddies on a Tuesday in July talking about this trip you went on with your boy Ryan in Colorado where we ran up on a moose. Like stuff like that is what's cool for I think an emergent or an adult onset hunter. By the way, I believe Ben coined emergent hunter because he doesn't like adult onset. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he he likes virgin hunter. I, I like he that likes better. Emergent, like that. Em, emergent hunter is what is what Ben likes, but it's all the same, right? It's oh. just it's all just the I person. thought you, <laughs> I thought you said virgin guy. hunter. I was like, what? Yeah, it's all just the guy who he's just getting into it, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, man. I'm I'm super stoked that this thing uh, kind of came to fruition. You know, uh, I'm I'm glad that you and Nuri and Ben um, and everybody, John, um, have been putting all this work in um, to to get this thing up off the ground. And you know, it, it's it definitely takes power of will to to follow through on an idea like this, especially when it's a you know a non for profit, right? Where where nobody's really standing to make to make much money off of it um and uh you know so i'm i'm stoked that you guys were able to do that i i really hopeful i'm really hopeful that it's it's successful and uh creates some you know some bonds like like we got or like like you know brian and riley right i mean like riley's one of my one of my best friends that i talk to all the time now and i I wouldn't have known him if uh, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known him from a rock if I didn't meet him on the on the uh, hunting common. So um, I'm I'm just so glad that it is it is coming to fruition and that people are going to be able to enjoy the services of other other folks teaching them how to get into the outdoors. Yep. Pretty dope. No, I, and I, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm real pumped up about it, and I will just end with saying we've worked super hard on it. Anyone that's interested in, jump on Facebook. Feel free to shoot me, you know, DM Jordan Rigsby, whatever. We'll get you hooked up. And, uh, and yeah, Ryan, I'm, I'm fired up for round two, third season. Let's go, baby. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm not leaving without, nope. without an L. Absolutely. I, I think, uh, I think we're, I think we're going to get something this oh, year. That, I'm your guy, least. man. I mean, we're, let's ride. Yeah. Let's ride, baby. Like, like Russell Wilson. That's go, right. Go well, hey, hey, like like Riley said, baby, just us and the elk up there and the harshness. Let's go. Exactly. Exactly. Well, cool, man. Well, appreciate you. And just one more time, where where can people uh, where can people get information? Uh, like the website. What is the website? Yeah. So, hundred percent. So, our website that launches on uh, August twenty fourth is the Hunt in Common 
dot org, uh, all one word, just like it sounds. Um, we also have Facebook pages, so we have all fifty states. So if you're in a state and maybe the the official website doesn't have your state listed, go to Facebook, go to the Hunt in Common with whatever state that you're interested in, and there will be someone there to uh, to receive that receive that request and, and talk you through it a little bit. Right on, man. Well, hell yeah. Good luck to you. And uh, yeah, appreciate you, man. Right on, Ryan. Thanks for having me on, buddy.